So, um, welcome again. I hope you uh, benefited from that start of 20 minutes just sitting, well, doing whatever you, w you found appropriate. Just to introduce my, so my, if those of you who don't know me, my name is Maya Shraddha and this is Singer Shri and together we're going to um, co-lead the evening. Um, and in a moment I'm going to say a few words and I mean a few words about kindly speech. There's a lot I could say but because of time constri constraints there's going to be a few. And then myself and Singer Shri, but mainly Singer Shri are going to say something about how kindly speech has um, impacted upon our lives. And then we're going to have a leg stretch, not a tea break, but if you can nip down and get some water if you wish. We're going to have a 10 minute or 5 or 10 minute leg stretch and then Sangashri is going to lead us through a workshop in which you will explore whatever uh, Sangashri is going to ask you to explore. Okay, and then we're going to conclude with a threefold puja. So just a few words about um, kindly speech and as you're probably aware by now this week um, is devoted to looking at um, the Sangravastus and of course um, there are four of them one of which is kindly speech so just to remind you the four are Dana, loving or kindly speech or Priyavadasa which we're looking at tonight third one is doing good in the sense of encouraging people to take up the uh, the spiritual life and number four is exemplification so it's quite interesting I find it I've found it quite interesting that kindly speech is right up there as an important um, aspect of the Sangha Vastas are there uh, are there to to build Sangha so kindly speech is one of the th uh, one of the key features um, or key requirements uh, in building Sangha and speech occupies a very, very important part in, in Buddhist practice per se. And its importance is not only reflected in being one of the Sangha Vastus uh, in terms of helping to build Sangha, but also uh, <clears throat> when, after ordination you take up a list of precepts and there are four uh, negative or unskillful uh, speech precepts and three positive. So that again underlines the importance of speech um, in Buddhist practice. And why is this so? Why is speech so important? Well I think it's pretty obvious really and what I'm going to say is not, you know, it's just going to be very basic, it's not going to be profound because the importance of speech is very basic really and we've all experienced the effects of speech probably in our lives. The power of it to uplift us, uplift us or put us down. And I, and I think we'll be looking at that a little later. The power to destroy even you know, sometimes we may have felt destroyed by words which are weightless, really. They're just sound waves, but in fact, um, they, are, they are very, very powerful. So speech can do a great deal of damage, or it can do a great deal of good. And um, <clears throat> so a few careless, harsh, hurtful words can have a negative impact upon someone for a very, very long time. Um, perhaps a whole lifetime um, and it can lead to hurt and resentment which can take a lot of effort to clear up even a lot of counselling um, on top of uh, you know meditation and other Buddhist practices and uh, I guess an example of that is the uh, our parents you know how our parents have 
have influenced us through through speech. Um, some of us are still, you know, working through the impacts of that, and it's, you know, so th that gives an example of the power of speech. So, um, uh, to use a metaphor, I think har harsh speech or hurtful speech can be like a cold frost descending upon one. It can uh, keeps one, it can keep one closed up, um, tight, and and a resistance to reveal oneself. And of course, revealing oneself is a very, very important aspect of of Buddhist practice. And of course, um, the converse is true. Um, a few careful, kindly words can have a dramatic impact upon the development of another, upon the recipient of, of your, your kindly words. And kindly speech can perhaps be likened to the effects of sun on buds and flowers. You know, you can see it now, you know, the beauty of the uh, of the cherry blossom trees, they're just not only opening and, and producing beautiful colours and shapes, symmetrical petals, but they're also producing beautiful scents as well. So <coughs> kind speech um, can have a very powerful impact, as the sun does on uh, vegetation in the spring in particular. Um, and I've witnessed again and again the uh, not only the, import, the impact of uh, kindly speech, not only on my own life, but um, that the impact of kindly speech on others. And I've seen this particularly when I've been on retreat, actually. Um, when people's states of mind become more and more skillful and content, um, speech follows suit. Speech becomes more um, skillful. Speech is, becomes more of a manifestation of uh, content skillful states of mind and it's really beautiful to be in that kind of environment and it's quite rare as well to be in that kind of environment where kindly speech is the norm um, and of course there's a direct link between our mental states and speech and as i say i think that's quite for me very reflected very strongly in retreats when people are in good mental states generally the speech is very very good encouraging and supportive and you know we can again we can from our own experience if we're grumpy and irritable our speech is more is is more likely to come from those kind of mental states um if we're intoxicated you know we just fall in love or we're intoxicated after taking some intoxicant or um oh i don't know some kind of promotion or whatever you know any kind of intoxication again our speech can be quite affected by that intoxication and it can lead to kind of pseudo kindly speech but um if we're mindful and full of metta then our speech is just you know just flows very so well and and powerfully from metta and mindfulness so that said kindly speech is not always nice it's not always smiley um, sometimes people need to know how their actions of speech and body are actually impacti impacting other upon others in no uncertain way. They need to know how others experience them, for example inconsistencies. You said that, but you do that. What's going on? And, um, <clears throat> And obviously this is, you know, uh, the more kind of robust nature of kindly speech. The kindly speech which is in the long term trying to support the long term development of somebody, this has to be done in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere of trust. And you know that person well enough that what you give them um, in robust communication is appropriate. 
And this is why friendship in, in Buddhism is so important. Friendship allows that kind of trust to develop in which robust, kindly speech can occur. Um, <clears throat> we can say what is needed to be said to our friends rather than skirting around issues or colluding even. We can say, we can say what, we, what is needed to be said. And our practice of uh, kindly speech uh, does build Sangha. Very, very, very definitely. So finally, I just want to say a few words about practicing kindly speech from my own experience. Well, again, it's pretty simple, really. I think you need two things in place. Mindfulness of oneself and one's mental states and mindfulness of, of other people as human beings, not as cardboard cutouts, you know, as, as kind of victims, if you like, of what we want or how we want them to be, but as people who, who, who are people, who are like us, you know, have different um, needs and wants and different sensitivities and so on. So we need to be aware of ourselves and our mental states and, and aware of others. So look, look before you speak, and not, you know, that adage, look before you jump, whatever. Look before you speak. So often... Um, we can be engaged in, in a kind of constant diatribe of communication, not just to other people, but in our own minds as well. And uh, it's important, I think, I've, what I found important, it's very important to be aware of what my intentions are in speech. Are my intentions to destroy or undermine or, or my intentions to support? No matter what I'm feeling, whether I'm grumpy or or a bit irritated. What are my intentions? What comes out of my mouth? Um, is my intention to hurt or to be kind? Do I want something from that person? Do I want that person to be in a, in a way which they're not being? So uh, being aware of intentions is very, very important. And I distinguish intentions and mental states because no matter what kind of mental state you're in, you can still practice kindly speech. And, as, and the other thing is speak on the basis of skillful mental states that promote well-being in oneself and others. I found that very, very useful as well. So yeah, and finally, just being aware of other people, as I say, is not cardboard cutouts, but as people who uh, have needs and want. What is most helpful to them? And it's a practice. Um, I mean, we'll be saying more about kindly speech in a minute, I think. Uh, but I, that's what I'm going to say now as an introduction, because I'm now going to hand over to Singh Shri, who's going to uh, speak about her experiences of kind speech. And if there's time, I'll say a bit from my experience as well. Okay, so hi. <laughs> I'm Singa Shri. It's very nice to see you all. I was thinking, um, while Mahashrata was talking, my father used to say something. I grew up in a bilingual family, Spanish-English. And my father, when he got really frustrated, he'd say, Ay, cabrón imbécil. Does anyone know what that means? <laughs> Luckily, I didn't know what it meant, but I asked him recently, and apparently it's loosely translated as stupid goat. <laughs> so it's a good thing I didn't know what that meant, really. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know how much I'm going to talk. Well, this is all from my own experience. Um, but it's more just my most recent reflections on kindly speech, really, rather than specific experiences that I've had. Um, so yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the adage, look before you leap, because I was going to start with this adage, yeah. think before you speak, which um, I, I feel what's actually more appropriate as an adage is feel before you speak. So I'll say a little bit more about uh, what I mean by that a bit later. Um, so yeah, so I, I think we do <laughs> tend to say, um, when introducing this Sangha Vastu, I think one of the first things that people say is, it's not just about being nice. Um, so I'll reiterate that. It isn't just about being nice, but it's also nice to be nice. So we don't want to forget about that. And um, I'll just say one thing that I, uh, one practice that I have, which is anytime I think something nice about someone, I tell them. So if I notice someone's wearing a beautiful scarf or if I particularly appreciate something that someone's done, I actually make it a practice to approach them and tell them that. And sometimes that's harder than other times, depending on how open I feel. Um, so you could try that out and see how that goes. And we do have this wonderful um, practice in the movement of rejoicing in merits, which we won't be doing this evening, because um, I'm actually going to work us hard. <laughs> you might want to leave before the workshop, actually. Um, but we will, there will be a whole um, evening on rejoicing in merits on Saturday. So, really <coughs> encourage you to come to that evening. So, yeah, as Mahashrata was saying, um, our speech does have a tremendous effect. And um, it's full of potential to either cause suffering or support our um, movement towards liberation, ours and others, actually. So, um, there's an aspect of our speech that either opens or closes. Um, I don't know if it does anything in between, actually. My experience has been that usually speech that I'm hearing, uh, that I'm receiving, has one or the other effect. Um, it's very rare that it has a neutral effect. So there's another thing you could try out in your own experimentation out there in the world. So we could reflect on um, both the effect that harmful speech has had on ourselves and others, and also the effect that um, kindly and loving speech has had on ourselves and others, both our speech and other speech. So yeah, it's not a small thing to consider the effect that our speech has and um, take responsibility for that, really. Um, yeah, I think that's just really important. And also that there's a karmic effect. So for us, it's not just the effect that our speech has on others, but it's the karmic effect that it has on our own, um, yeah, how far or close we're getting to liberation. Um, so we, we're never standing still in the spiritual life. We're either moving towards or away from a more open, expansive, compassionate, loving, whatever words, other words you'd like to use to describe the awakened state. So we're either moving, everything we do either takes us closer or further. There is no static state. So it's something to reflect on in terms of our speech. Um, 
So I wanted to actually, um, I came to Dayanandi's talk on Monday, which was excellent. And one of the things that she was highlighting was the, um, well, it's, the, it's like, what's the um, potential for the Sangha Vasus ultimately for, for us in terms of realization? And she was talking about Dana being, um, you know, ultimately it's about interconnectedness and boundary, <coughs> boundarylessness and not seeing ourselves as separate from others and therefore there is no my thing that I'm giving you or something that I'm receiving. It's just all, um, yeah, just infinitely available. And we're part of that. We're part of that. We're, we're participating in, in that process. Um, so I was thinking, you know, what is it that um, kindly speech is about? So I'm just going to say a few things about that. Um, so I think that this, this uh, practice really uh, is a challenge to us to step more and more outside of ourselves. And what I mean by that is that first we need to step into ourselves. So coming back to this thing about um, feel before you speak, I don't think, well this is a question actually that I have, which is can we actually speak truthfully, kindly, lovingly, generously, um, again whatever words you want to use for the positive. Um, if we're not actually in touch with what's going on for us, can we really um, say what's true and say it in a way that doesn't cause harm? And so I think we do need to be quite integrated and have, uh, well, some level of positivity to be able to do that. So first, we've, what this Sangha Vasu is asking us to do is to just really, really be in touch with ourselves and what is it that we actually want to communicate. And yeah, going back to what Mahashrata was saying about intention, why do we want to communicate that? And um, we need space in our lives to do that. So um, the inner work of meditation very much plays into all of these practices um, quite deeply. And in this one in particular, I, I don't know if you have that experience of sitting to meditate and then having all of these things that you've either said or been said to you come up and you're sort of like, oh, and it has the whole world to it. You know, every interaction has a whole world to it in terms of things it triggers in us in ways that we respond both internally and externally. So I think when we speak harshly, um, what's happening is that we're cut off from a part of ourselves where um, there's some part of ourselves that we're not in harmony with. Um, and we're also not in harmony with others and we're definitely not in harmony with reality. So that harshness is coming from, um, yeah, it's coming from suffering. Yeah, it's coming from, um, yeah, an inability to really know what's happening with us. And, there, and then we, we sort of speak harshly from that place. So there's suffering and then we kind of <laughs> carry it forward, maybe put it onto someone else. So perhaps our perspective has narrowed we are in a reactive mental state. We're clinging to ideas of how other people should be or how we should be. Um, I have another uh, game that I play with myself, which is anytime a thought arises that begins with people should just dot, 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 or I wish people would just dot, 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 I stop myself. <laughs> um, and I remind myself that that is not the kind of thinking that I'm interested in perpetuating. And I try and reframe whatever that thought is about. So these thoughts and feelings um, 
are in service of a very false view, which is that we're separate from others. So we're defending some idea of a separate self that we believe to exist separate from other people, separate from the world, separate from reality. And as we know, because this is a room full of uh, experienced Mitras and Order members, in various, various, um, well, we're in various uh, places, but we're all part of that core Sangha. So we know that this uh, is an incredibly uh, harmful view, but it's where we come from. It's, it's a conditioning that we have at this moment. So um, when we act on that view, we're creating the conditions for that view to thrive. So like I said before, the whole thing about um, we're either moving forward or backwards. And therefore, we are taking us further from seeing things as they really are. So this is why this is a very critical um, area to look into, because it's not just happening in our own minds. It's not just our own karma. It's, we're putting it out there, aren't we? And it's affecting others. So in Maitre Bandhu's talk on Saturday, he talked about how when we see things as they really are, the natural spontaneous response is love. Um, so the real practice with kindly speech starts long before we open our mouths. It's actually about imagining and then finally realizing the truth about ourselves and others, um, that we are all the result of conditioning that has led us to this moment in time, um, that we actually can't do anything about that. So right now, in this moment, there's nothing I can do about the conditions that have led me to this moment. Um, but what we can do is wear new grooves into the future, create new conditions and new patterns. And every time we act creatively and respond in a new way against the grain of our conditioning, but more in line with our higher ideals and our intention, we move closer to a much more authentic, real way of being with ourselves and others, um, which is no longer based on things like trying to be a better person, trying to get what we want, trying to convince others of our opinion. So for me, this is what's alive right now um, around kindly speech. So it's sort of, um, yeah, it, it's, it goes back to what Mahashara is saying. It's no, no matter what we're trying to communicate, so it could be something quite hard actually, it could be quite something um, you know, that we've been holding for a long time and we finally feel like we have the strength and the resources and the level, a level of integration and positivity that we're ready to say it. So whatever it is that we're communicating, that it's coming from the truth of ourselves in this moment right now um, and its purpose is to support connection rather than um, separation. So not that we should wait for that moment where we're fully, you know, we're, it's a practice, but just to remember that, uh, that that's what the Sangha Havastu is about, is supporting connection. That's why it's a Sangha Havastu. Yeah, so we can, um, we can ask ourselves, is what I'm saying um, coming from a place of kindness and love? Is it being communicated in a way that supports open dialogue and exploration rather than blaming or fixing? And it, is it coming from a place um, that's actually 
in harmony, or at least has the intention of being in harmony with the way that things really are. Yeah, and just to, to close, I just do want to say, I think it is really important as a Sangha that we practice this um, with one another on a regular basis. So creating context for that can be quite helpful. Uh, so having things like, um, well, being part of a study group or having confession groups sometimes get formed. Or if you're in the process, the ordination process, you could form a GFR group. Um, in the order, we also have chapters. And it's up to us to bring this in to those contexts. So um, it's up to us to deepen that connection through kindly speech, um, which again, isn't just about being nice, but it's also about actually bringing, speaking our truth, and yet in a way that comes from this um, deeper understanding in this, this place of love. So I encourage you, if you're not part of anything like that, to make it happen for yourself. So I think that's all I have to say. Did you want to add anything, Mahashwada? No. So we'll take a 10 minute leg stretch. So we'll come back at um, 8.15. Okay? Thank you. Mm -hmm.